Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Uh, together as well. And so as Chris already mentioned, our um, word for the for the year in 2022 is influence. And so uh, I shared this scripture uh, last week, which I believe is uh, really key for us. It's in the book of Zechariah. It'll be on the screen behind me. And um, the prophet, uh, a prophet by the name of Zechariah was encouraging a guy called Zerubbabel. I know lots of Zeds are right there. Uh, one of the leaders who was doing this work of rebuilding uh, the temple of God. And so this is the verse that we've centered around, Zechariah 4 verse 6. It says, So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. You know, we talked about last week that true influence uh, doesn't come by our own greatness or our own great actions, but it also doesn't come by sitting on our hands and thinking that God is going to do everything for us. Can He? Yes, of course He can. But God chooses to involve us as vessels to see His will and His plan uh, take, take shape on this earth. And so Zerubbabel and the people of Israel in, in the story, we won't dive into it right now because we did that last week, but they still have to build the walls. They still have to hang the doors. They still have to do all the things, all the practical things when it comes to rebuilding the temple. But this prophecy from Zechariah was about reminding them that it wasn't just these actions Um, that God's purpose would come to pass, not only because they did these things, but also because it was God moving. It was a partnership of God working by His Spirit. And so last week we talked about how God multiplies our small obedient actions to bring great influence for His kingdom and His glory. And so I believe that, that, that our church, that together, that we together as a people are coming into a great time of influence. Why? Because we take the seemingly insignificant small things, we obey what God has for us, and we see God come and move in miraculous ways. That could be the opportunities that you have in your work environment, maybe the opportunities in your place of study at school, at university, opportunities in your family, opportunities in your friendship circle or your social groups. Wherever you are, we believe that God has called us to be an influence for His kingdom and for His glory. Uh, The Apostle Paul speaks about uh, taking opportunities in the New Testament. We're going to look at this scripture, which is Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 17. And he says this, he says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand uh, what the Lord's will is. You know, in the previous verses, just in that, um, uh, in that chapter of Scripture, because you can't just take uh, one little Scripture, we call it out of context, and just, you know, make it fit what you want. Um, but previously, Paul's been talking uh, to this church at a place called Ephesus, that's why the book's called Ephesians, about living lives that represent Jesus. He does this by painting this picture of light and dark. And he says that we are to live 
in the way of love and that things like sexual immorality, greed, impurity, foolish talk or coarse joking should not be in our lives, but instead we should live not in the dark, but as children of light. That, that, that phrase that we just read before, be very careful then how you live not as unwise, but as wise, is referring to everything that Paul's just written about previously in the chapter. And so I believe that the Word of God here is encouraging us that the first point of influence we have in our worlds is not necessarily some, you know, specific influential moment where we've, you know, spoken out or done this or or, or done that or invited someone here, even though we want to do all those things as well. But the first point of influence we have in our worlds is the consistent message that our lives speak. If your life was to be summed up in, we won't get to, too morbid and talk about tombstones, but if it was to get summed up in a sentence or something like that, what would be said of your life? What does, what's the theme? What's the repetition? What does your life speak to the people that you're around? It may not get commented on every day and may never seem to attract the attention of others, but how we live our daily lives influences everyone that is around us everyone that is around us. Maybe even think back over your own life. I'm sure you can think of some people that were influential, not just because of the words that they spoke or not just because of some big, great, you know, act of generosity or act of something else, but the way they lived their lives each and every day as you saw them had great influence over your life. And can I tell you that God is calling us to the same thing. He's calling us, like Paul says, to be careful how we live, not as unwise but as wise because He has called us for great influence. The Bible reinforces this, um, this theme regularly uh, throughout Scripture. Here's, here's a few for you. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 and 16. This is Jesus speaking in what's known as the Sermon on the Mount, which is the longest uh, just single section of Jesus preaching. Uh, verse 14 and 16, it says this, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Once again, Jesus is reminding us that the way we live is influential. The way that we live makes a difference to each and every single person that we interact with. What about Jesus again in John 13, 35? He says this, By this everyone, speaking to his disciples there, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The influence of how we do life together, and he's speaking specifically there to his disciples. So the influence of how we do life together in community as a church is actually influential to the whole world. That's that's what the Word of God just said, that how we love each other makes an, an eternal impact on people's lives. And then I'll give you one more. There, there could be count. We could just spend the rest of the time reading Scripture about this, but we won't. But um, Ephesians 4, this is Paul again, 1 to 3. Uh, Paul speaking, he says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to live, um, beg, sorry, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allow... I, really dislike this bit, but it's in there, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort 
to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourself together with peace. The first message that we ever preach to anyone is just simply the life that we live. Now, maybe if you're a little bit like me and you, you might be thinking, oh my gosh, that can be like, just seems so overwhelming. You might be thinking, I know myself. I know what I'm like. I know what my thinking is like. I know what my reactions are like. I, I, I know how I live my life. That's, that's too much pressure. Uh, that's a hard standard to come up to. But it's not a grade that we obtain like a pass or fail in. It's about being on that journey with Jesus to become more and more like Him each and every day. And sometime, some days it feels like 10 steps forward. You're like, man, I'm crushing it today. This is awesome. Other times it feels like He just took like 10 steps back and we're like, no way, what, what, I can't, uh, you know, how could I be influential when I'm like this? But God has called us to live each and every day with Him, becoming more and more like Him in everything that we do. It's not a grade that we try and obtain, but we're encouraged by the fact that the Bible says that we are saved not by works, but by grace. What's grace? Well, grace is simply just more than we deserve. Whatever you deserved, grace gives you more. Whatever we deserved because of our failings before God, God sends His love and He sends His grace over our lives. And the Bible also says that His mercies are new for us each and every morning. Each and every morning, His mercies are new for us. So when we fail, which we will do quite consistently probably, we come back to God and we say, Your mercies, God, once again, they're, they're new for us. They're renewed for us each and every day. Remember our key theme, our key scripture from influence? It's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. How do I influence my life? I, I make good decisions, yes, but I'm influenced by His power working in, working in me. I place myself before God through, you know, rhythms of, of prayer, rhythms of, of worship, not just on a Sunday morning, but putting, you know, Spotify and, you know, earplugs in and, 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 and going nuts or, you know, singing praise songs in the shower and you sound really good because of the reverb and whatever, you know, just, just we, we place ourselves before God and we say, God, fill me with your spirit. Transform my life. I want my life to count. I want my, my life to send a message to each and every single person that I'm around that there is something living on the inside of me that is greater than just my good choices. It's greater than just what I can do in my own strength. There's an influence and a power of God that fills me to make a difference wherever I am, wherever I am. And this is not just applicable for the, the breakthroughs that we, that we dream of. You know, God, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit. And it's not just applicable for the miracles that we need to take place, but we can declare that into our everyday living. God, it's by your spirit. I can't do it in my own strength. I fail many times, but it's the coming back to his spirit leading us and his spirit guiding us. So as we talk about influence this month, if you're taking notes, you can write this down as point number one for the message this morning, that, we, that influence begins with how I live. Influence begins with how I live. It's the, it's the foundation. It's the bedrock. It's what I build from. I build out of a life that is close to Jesus, that's becoming closer with Him each and every day. And out of that, influence grows. 
And, you know, for all of us, I'm sure there are some things that need some adjustments in the way I live. Maybe it's my responses towards my family. Who knows that unfortunately, sometimes everyone gets the best of us and our home life gets the worst of us. Where, where do I need to adjust to be an influence in every area that I am? How, how about in your workplace or your place of study or your, you know, your regular social groups? What could be adjusted in your life? The language of Paul that we read before says, be careful how you live. Not, not careful as in never you know, taking risks or never stepping out of your comfort zone, but careful in our approach and our habits that we represent Jesus in everything that we do and in everything that we say. So after Paul instructs us to consider how we live and what that presents to the world, he then calls us, like we read in that scripture before, to make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. And as I was thinking about these opportunities that come past us every day, I was reminded of this passage of Scripture that's in 2 Kings. Yep, 2 Kings chapter 4. And it's about a widow woman who lost her husband. And so we, we're going to read this passage uh, together. It'll be on the screen uh, behind me here. This is 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 to 7. It says this, One day... Uh, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who serves you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except the flask of oil, she replied. Verse 3, And Elisha said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbours. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. Powerful scripture here, powerful story of, of God coming through in such, a, in such a miracle for this woman's life. But, but for me, a few things started to jump out at me as I, as I read that scripture. You know, it's interesting that, um, that the woman comes to Elisha with the problem. Uh, Elisha was a prophet of God. Essentially, he represented God on earth. And, and so I thought, how often do I, do I go straight to God when I encounter problems, when I encounter things that, that uh, I, I need to see shifted or moved? Or do I start, and I'll admit, a lot of the time I start this way, trying to fix it myself. I, I don't know, how about, how about you? We don't have to do hands up, it's okay. <laughs> but you can if you want. How, 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 how about you? But this, this woman is not offended by God. She probably has some you know, decent grounds like, God, He was serving you. He was doing your will. Now He's dead. There wasn't any superannuation back in that day. So we owe money and the only way we pay it is by you know, selling my sons into slavery. But she doesn't get angry with, well, maybe she was a bit, but she goes to God. She goes to God. You know you can bring your anger to God? 
Do you know you don't have to get yourself all, you know, washed up and looking better and like, okay, now I'll present myself to God. No, you can go in your weakness. You can go in your disappointment. You can go in your anger. You can go in your grief and your loss and say, God, this is not fair. Why is this happening? Trust me. God has big enough shoulders to carry the burden. But this widow comes to Elisha, the prophet, representing God. She doesn't go elsewhere and she needs a miracle. But then Elisha's response um, sounds almost rude. He says, what can I do for you? And then without giving her the time to respond to the first question, he poses the second one. Tell me, what do you have in your house? Can, can you imagine being that woman just for a few moments there? What, you, you might be thinking like, what, what a dumb question. Of course I know what's in my house. I checked there first. I know there's no stash of cash, you know, under the mattress, you know, tucked away in the undie drawer. Like, I know there's nothing there. I've already been there and checked. That's why I'm coming to you. Why would it matter what's in my house? I've checked it out and there is nothing there at all. And we can maybe surmise this from her response. She says, nothing at all except a jar of olive oil. And as we're approaching this theme of influence, maybe you've looked in your own house, maybe you've looked in your own life and thought, what, what, what do I have to contribute? What difference could I make? What influence could I hold? I, I couldn't shift the culture at work. That's, that's too, far, too far gone. None of my friends would listen to me at school or at university or, or at TAFE if I, tried to, if I tried to make a difference where I was. Maybe, maybe you're thinking, well, you know, my family is just so set in their ways as if they would listen to me or take any advice or any influence from me. And so often we think this way, yet there is a call from God that directs us back to what we have already. However, it's with His Spirit as with His power, as with His love, filling what we have. Remember, it's not by might, it's not by power, nor by power, but it's by my Spirit, declares the Lord. You see, this is a common theme throughout Scripture. When God called Moses in the desert in Exodus 4, He asked the same question, what's in your hand? At that time, it was a staff, and then God moved miraculously through it. He turned it into a snake. It did all these crazy things. It was, it was, it was amazing. When Jesus was feeding the 5,000, He asked the disciples, what do you have? They said, only five loaves and two fishes. Then, through, um, then as Jesus prayed and through the disciples, hands as they handed it out and prayed and gave thanks. A miracle occurred. You see, I believe God is calling each and every one of us to use what is in our hands to pour it out to see the influence come. What, what's, what's in your hand? What's in your house? The season of life you're in. Maybe you've been retired a number of years and you're like, I, I, I don't know what there is to me anymore. I do my thing. I have my routines, but I feel like God's called me to something bigger. Can I say where the call starts? It starts with what's in your house, what's in your hand. Maybe you're here and thinking, ah, there's something at work. I need to be a change here. I need to, I need to, make, a, I need to make a difference. And you may look at the enormity of the task and think there's no way I could shift or change anything here. Can I encourage you to start with what's in your hand. Start with what's in your house. Start with, start with whatever you have. You see, God wants to use our accept. Remember, the woman said, I have nothing except, I have nothing except 
a jar of oil. And like with the disciples, he wants to use our the only part. Feed 5,000 men plus women and children. I only have five loaves and two fish. But whatever that only is for you, that's what God wants to use by His Spirit to bring great impact and great influence. So as the widow followed these instructions of Elijah the prophet in obedience to God and His call, she poured out that jar of oil into the empty vessels and a miracle took place. What was one jar of oil started to multiply to be more and more and a miracle took place. I wonder what could happen if you poured out what you have into that person who you're you're believing to give their life to Jesus Christ. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to be brilliantly articulate about, you know, the gospel message and be able to, you know, debate and go back and forth or anything like that. It's just taking our ordinary, everyday lives, our coming and going, and letting that speak a message to people with God's Spirit moving on the, maybe the simple time that we give someone to listen, maybe the, the relationship that we build, the, the, the connect that we have with them, to hang out with them. I wonder what could take place if we would take what we have, what's in our hand and what's in our house, place it before God and use it to bring influence. You know, notice from the story as well, I, I noticed that the, the oil continues until all the jars are full doesn't say how many there were. It just says there were many. But I wonder if there was just one more jar, would the oil have continued to flow as well? If there were 10 more jars, would the oil have continued to flow to fill those as well? You see, the oil, which in Scripture is a representation of God's Spirit, is a never-ending supply. It's supplied from heaven and we serve a limitless God. The Holy Spirit is just looking for willing vessels to be filled. The Holy Spirit doesn't look at elevation think, all right, check it out. I've got 50 lots of olive oil. Once I get to 50 people, I'm done. All right, I'm moving, I'm moving on to the next place. No, no, God's supply is unlimited. His supply is ready for each of us. It's not just for Sunday. It's not just for, you know, youth on a Friday night. It's for every single day, for every single moment. There's a supply of God's Spirit to pour through our lives that we would look for those open opportunities to come. That, that, that we would be a church that each and every day would do our best to be open and to be ready and to make the most of every opportunity, like Paul says, to pour out the Spirit of God in, in, on every person that we see, not in some strange, weird way, not like, you know, we're not like little Pac-Man, like chasing down those little, those little things to buy going, come here, come here, come here. I, I, I want to tell you about God. We're not doing weird things like, you know, going over people's backs and going, just wash all those things off you, just wash it. Oh, no, we're not doing things that are strange. We're doing natural, simple, but filled by God's Spirit. Filled by His Spirit, that we would make the most of every single opportunity. So number one, influence begins with how I live. And number two, influence multiplies when I pour out what I have. It multiplies when I pour out what I have. It does the Spirit of God work in signs and wonders and miracles and healing people who are sick and praying with parents who are challenged in their, in their parenting and, and through all these miraculous ways. Yes, it does. But the Spirit 
also works in our lives to produce what Scripture calls the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22, 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, that's sometimes translated patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Imagine an outpouring of love through your life, an outpouring of peace, an outpouring of patience, an outpouring of gentleness that would make a difference wherever, wherever you are. It could be the generosity of a meal. It could be a phone call to someone who's going through it. It could be practically, you know, helping someone fix something or uh, move, move like Chris, like Chris said before, an encouraging text. What, 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 what is it for your life? How could God move through the empty vessel, the empty vessels that we place before Him? Because influence multiplies when I pour out what I have, when I pour out what I have. I'm just going to invite, Ben's going to join me because we're going to worship again in a moment. But I, I wonder what it is in your life this week. What, what could be poured out? What could be poured out in your life? What, what could be poured out through you? What response could you give to someone? What prayer could you, could you pray? What could, what could the Spirit of God work on in your everyday, ordinary, coming and going life? to pour out His Spirit and His love. You see, just as we very naturally pour out what we have into other lives, there's something deeper going on. There's a Spirit-infused power making a way, breaking strongholds and shackles. We're going we're to sing a song.